Welcome to All In. I'm Rick Jordan. Today I'm the CEO of a large technology company, but in 2007, I lost it all. And now I'm here to share the lessons I've learned and the strategies my guests have used to build success from the bottom up. And in every episode, you'll get something to reach for and something to grab onto. Whether it's personal development, business, technology, or giving back, you'll be able to ignite the spark in your life to make that change and transformation so 10 years down the road from now, You'll be able to look back and say, I don't even know that person that I was. I'm so glad I decided to rise. I'm so glad I decided to stand up and actually begin to start to ignite the spark, to go all in. Welcome back to All In with Rick Jordan. I am Rick Jordan, your host, and I am joined by Adam Bushbacher again because he's amazing. Part two. Part two. Time to pull some more stuff out of our butts. Yeah, we're just going to basically make it up as we go along. Exactly. Here. <laughs> That's the beauty of this. Yeah. That's why I love these things. We talked a lot last time about a lot of cool stuff in tech. And I don't know if we're going to talk about tech this time or if we're going to talk about whatever else. Well, we talk about anything you want. We can. We were talking about a lot this morning, too. Yeah. And just with the stock market, just where the nation's going with, with a whole bunch of things. And a lot of it was pretty uh, opinion-based. But it, there's been a lot on my mind lately with culture in teams you know so if you don't mind talking about that i would love to do that because i think you've got a pretty amazing culture and i mean there, there's one thing that that stood out in my mind we were talking offline a while back and it was over a dinner and i can't remember if it was you or mandy that said you know why would you ever just want an employee that's okay you know somebody that's just going to do the job you know and that's something that really resonated with me well you know because you've built teams yeah in several different businesses yep and that, to me, is the most important part. You know, and then we've talked about a lot of other things, too. But can we start there? Yeah, like, I mean, on that, I mean, I, I agree with you when you say <clears throat> don't expect someone to come to this, you know, your, your world with the passion that you have and the energy that you have. Yeah. But uh, on the other hand, expect someone... Um, not to just come there for a paycheck, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you, you've got to, because if you if you basically say, well, you're not going to have what I have, um, you're limiting the person because yeah. they 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 have more than you have in what they do. That's what a lot of bosses don't recognize. They think, well, I I can do what you you do times ten, but I need you to help me do what you do. Yep. Yep. And then it just destroys the whole culture and no one's excited to come to work. And no, I think everything that you do every single day, you need to close the book on something that yeah, you've done yourself. Yeah. So if you're hired to do something, the boss has to allow you to do that. I love that. You know, I was um, I was in Chicago with and we talk about him a lot, John Ledger. And I met his EVP, his executive vice president, Dave Carey. And he and I had a fantastic 20 minute or so conversation just on culture. And how when he and John came into T-Mobile, they just pretty much said, can we just take a step back and actually ask our people what they want? They wanted a it, cookbook. Yeah, they wanted a <laughs> I don't think any of them ever had that in mind. Now, I would have made, made a fast cooker. Yeah, there it's you cookbook go. Cookbook just for psychological reasons. Slow cooker, Slow yeah. cooker, that means everyone's going, hey, go slow. So you mean a microwave? <laughs> no, I don't like microwaves. I just want to turn it on high heat. I like that. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. But this uh, you know, this transcends into some more of what I wanted to talk about as well with tech, because I am really, really keeping up with a lot of, because I'm in technology, right? I've got cybersecurity firms, and you had 
a communications company. Yeah. And now 5G is making its way. Have you kept up with a lot of that? I have, but I mean, my uh, I was in the era in the 90s and early 2000s yeah. when we were using hardware, landlines, and everything still. So I, the reason I sold my company was because I knew 5G was coming someday, but the guy that bought my company did not. <laughs> did not. There you go. <laughs> so therefore, I got a premium, and he ended up going bankrupt. <laughs> right on. Yes. That's yes. how. That's how. That's how capitalism works. For sure. Someone. Someone has to lose so someone can win. It's just a fact. That is it. Yeah. And it, you never want to be on the losing side with that. Well, yeah. You, you just. But again, the people that lose are the ones that didn't think ahead. Like, like the guy I sold my company. He got three good years out of it. Yeah. You know, he made a lot of money. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong, but he stayed he stayed on the plate too long, you know, and the game was over. Yeah, for sure. And um, he didn't realize the audience had left, and he really didn't because he made so much. He just he got, whether it was his ego, I think it was his ego. He got, yeah. and, and I don't think it was even complacency. He just said, there's no way with this kind of income that I can fail. Well, that's, with more income, you need more expense to maintain you that really income. Do, so for sure, he didn't. He just didn't realize it. it. It was. It was. It was an easy sell for me because it was doing so well. It was a. He called it a cash cow. Yeah. Which he didn't have in his company. So, um, but again, he just uh, he lost his way, and and then he hired me as a consultant, and then he stopped listening to me. That was ego. Right on. So he he asked me questions like he says, "Why is uh, why is my coin department with the the volume eight times the size of your company doing less coin revenue than your company <laughs> i said because you have an outside door on your coin room that leads to the parking lot yeah yeah and we know what that means cybersecurity guy his yeah, you are right on I they, saw, they were walking out they really were yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> i saw you're talking about how he stopped listening to you because of ego and i saw a post on facebook this morning it was you know what is the one thing that stops you from hiring a coach you know so in essence when he hired you on as a consultant he was wanting you to coach him through some of the that's the way that i see it you know well, but two then, things he wanted he wanted to keep me off the street yeah and consult on how I got my company in three years to where I did. And where, oh, sure. And he, he couldn't even do it by buying companies. Yep, yep. Because he was buying bad companies. Yeah, right on, right on. But a lot of the, most of the responses, the comments on this thread were about, you know, the, the price of entry. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, that's really not it, guys. Because coming from the tech space, as, as you know, there's a lot of ego in the tech space. Yeah. Everyone in, in tech is very, very territorial to the point to where they feel like their way is the right way and they don't really want to listen to anybody else that's there. You know, I, I think price of entry might come into play because I, I don't know if you would have priced yourself out of that arrangement or if he would have just done it at any cost. Yeah, he, he paid 25% too much for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I Usually when you come to the table, you get 25% less. So in essence, I got 50% more. That's beautiful. <laughs> I really did. So I mean, because I, I threw a number. Yeah. I didn't really want to sell the company at that time. It really was my motivation because it was doing well. Yep, yep. So I went in and just threw a number out there. And uh, he said, okay. Yeah. He says, but I want you. I says, oh, I'm taking that money and I'm going to go do other, have some fun. Sure. And he says, well, then we got to rethink this. He says, what would it take to to get you? So I threw a number out there that that I've never earned anywhere else in my life other yeah. than my, having my own companies. I mean, I really never worked for anyone, so that's not a fair statement. I really haven't ever worked for a company. I just, really? I just never did. The only person I ever worked for was my dad, and that's not really a job. Yeah. 
Because, you know, I said, oh, Dad, I can't come in today, you know, because I'm going <laughs> to wax my car. <laughs> so, so well, I guess you wouldn't call that a job. But, um, yeah, it was kind of, I threw a number at him, and uh, it was a ridiculous number. He said, and I'll give you a and. company credit card, and I'll give you a, a, a $1,000 car allowance to go get a, a nice car of your choice. Huh. And I says, if you take my, I had a fleet of Toyota Nissan lease cars. I says, if you take my lease cars in this deal, because I don't know, I don't want all these cars. Yeah, yeah. And he said, uh, he said, I don't want those cars. I says, well, okay. So he kind of screwed me on that part of it. He's supposed to buy all the leases out and everything. Yeah. So what I did is I took that thousand dollars a month, put it in my pocket, and drove one of those Nissans to his office every day. <laughs> <laughs> he hated that. That's a big fu. <laughs> yeah. yeah he, he wasn't happy about that. Yeah, but for but sure. that was one of those things where I was being very responsible doing that, taking yeah. the thousand and doing something else with it. Oh sure. And uh, and and then I'd pull that Nissan in the parking lot, and I could just see his, <laughs> you know, his face would get red. That's fantastic. So. <laughs> you said he sat on the plate, you know, a little too long. And what were some of the warning signs, you know, because there's a, even in my industry, there's always those who are like, you know, when should I sell? You know, because right now there, there is a big shift, you know, in, in the cybersecurity space. And I've been in cybersecurity for a while now, but there are those who are, who were MSPs as they're called, they're called managed service providers. And they are trying to make this shift into cybersecurity. They don't realize that the shift really started taking place about five years ago. And if they continue, I've been telling my people this for a long time, my team, that if we stay how we are right now and continue going after the same business, we're going to be dead in two years. So that's why we are shifting, you know, into just yeah. strictly doing, you know, and this is the next realm of cybersecurity is really insider threats. Right. You know, and that that's my focus, you know, kind of the corporate spy. When did you what were some of the warning signs that you well, saw? Well, you don't you don't you don't wait for warning signs and you don't let someone else tell you what the warning signs might be. I love that. You need to be on the street, so to speak. And you need to uh, you need to be the guy that tells people about the warning signs. Yeah. By the way, after you sell your company, you tell yes. us. <laughs> so so you need to go out. For instance, in in this particular company that I sold, I was on the street a lot, and I would see telltale signs of uh, cellular impacting our. Yeah. Because we were big one plus resellers. Big one. Oh, plus I remember one plus. We yeah. were big operator service providers. I mean, we we had our own our own soft racks of of software. Um, rack, rack gear that we would we were an automated operator before people knew what that was. Yeah. So when you would go to phones and you use your credit card or you use credit card phone, we would have automatic dialers that would reroute those calls into our office through our T1 into our office. Would process the automated. It would be all automated operators. There was no live operators, and we would resend that call back out huh. to the destination. So. Um, I could be outside my office. That call would go into my office, in through our servers, and then it would go back out to the destination. So, it was it was kind of a thing where um, we knew that cellular would impact every aspect of our business. Yeah. Even the the uh, we were doing prepaid calling cards. You remember all that stuff yeah, we were doing. Yeah. So, but everyone else was still trying to compete for that business. Which is stupid because they weren't sure. they yep. weren't thinking about they were thinking about how they could take business from the other guy. They didn't think about that the industry could be wiped out. No one yeah. thought that. They said, "How has this been around for hundred years? How could this, you know, the Ma Bell and all this, you know?" Yeah, right. On. They said, "How could this go away?" I, said, I knew it could go away. And when I sold my company, I mean, I walked out and I kicked my heels because I said, "Well, I'm a little early. I could have cashed in a little yeah, more." Yeah. 
But on the other hand, I got 25, maybe 50% more than dependent on the negotiations, how they would have went, than I would have gotten. So um, you basically need to identify that yourself. Don't wait for the for it to be an industry trend. Otherwise, you're screwed. Your company's not going to be then worth Then you're behind much. the game yeah. at that point. So if you know some things, I, I, I don't know your industry, but I see your industry as something that's just on the the is in the infancy stages it really of its is. demand. Yeah. Because if done right, as with anything, you're going to get all the jobs. Yeah. So I would say, hmm, I don't think I want to sell this because I don't think there's enough people that will do it right. I just don't think that people are motivated to to be the star. That's they, the, yeah. You're you know, right they might on. want to be the ego star, but you know, that doesn't work. No, not at all. They don't want to put in the work to do that. Yeah. It's kind of like this, that image you see where the rabbit's standing there with the the carrot below ground and the greens are only that tall and the rabbit's this tall. Yeah. And no one no one understands how much work it takes, which is that carrot's huge underground and all the work that it took to grow that carrot. They just see these little yeah, the, <laughs> the little greens sticking out of the ground, you know. So so that that's the thing. I just don't think there's enough people that will put in the work. And as long as you will, you already won. Oh, absolutely. I, I keep telling I get offers, several offers a week to be acquired. Because everyone wants the cash cows, <laughs> just like who you sold to. Yeah, you know, everyone wants so, something that is cash flow positive that is just kind of a no brainer to to acquire. And I tell my people all the time, I am not selling. There's no way that I'm selling right now because what we have moved into is ahead of all the others in our industry, and I can't wait to see where this is going because this is going to be amazing. I mean, it, you're right, it is at its infancy. Yeah. And AI is gonna come into play here very, very soon in what we're doing, and that's where I see that so many are just gonna to start to die off. There's gonna be a consolidation, there's only gonna be the big players that are gonna come in. When I say big, I don't mean necessarily size. I'm on your train of thought to where it's those that wanna put in the work and that actually have the competency to do so. Yeah, and that's what the FBI says about my industry is that only 18% actually have the competency, competency to handle the risks. Well, that again, uh, we talked really that number yeah. that number runs through many industries, even the media and advertising industry. I bet. It's just everyone thinks they can do it, but they don't actually. Yeah. Because I hear too many, well, I spent all this money and I got nothing. Well, you should have got something. Yes. I mean, that, that person... More um, than a bunch of fake followers. Well, well, yeah. when the only way you can sell stuff in this world is by advertising, right? Yeah. And when there's so many people walking around said they don't want to advertise anymore because it doesn't work, it's because <laughs> the people that are doing it for them don't work. You got it. You got it. The only thing, the only reason people buy from you is because of your advertising. Well, if they it's done right, exactly. But if it's done poorly, that's why they don't buy from you. Right on, because they don't know. They never know in a sales engagement. They never know if you can actually fulfill what you say you're going to do for them. Right. The only way that they believe that is possible is because of your advertising. Right. That's the beauty of this that most people don't pick up on. Well, yeah, it, in your industry, is the same thing. I yeah. Mean, if 18%, there's a lot of people out there getting the short end, you know? Four out of five. So that's bad. <laughs> that is really bad. That's what blows my mind, you know? And I, I think some of it's a lack of training, but th this is the way this industry has been. Nah, it's a no. lack of will. The, yes, okay. Because you, you, if you have the will, you'll train. Yes, right on. And you'll learn. It's just people are, um, well, I don't know what's happening. No one would, I don't, I think the spade, you know, the spade shovel business, I think they went out of business a long time ago. Yeah. Because when I was a kid, I, I thought they were pretty cool. 
I would dig a ditch just to see it dug, <laughs> you know? But today they're like, what What are you talking yeah. about? I mean, they say the immigrants are taking all of the service jobs and everything else. Uh, there's not a lot of even that going on. There's just not a lot of that. You don't see a lot of that happening there's anymore. There's not, no. And Americans won't touch the service work anymore. Yeah. You know, just Americans, whatever you want, whatever an American is. You know, we're all from immigrants, but whatever. we really are. <laughs> so that's a whole nother issue. It really is. I know that really is a whole nother issue. But, but my point it's is, it's a is forgotten that, truth. Yeah, you at just, the very least. you just <laughs> need. It doesn't. The, the excuses are, I wasn't trained well enough. No, you didn't want to be trained well enough, and you should have been honest with yourself. If you didn't want to be trained well yeah. enough, you shouldn't have taken the job, so you didn't screw the client. You got it. It's very simple. Well, we could end right there. We're not, but that's yeah. <laughs> that was like bring the hammer down. We need a Bradley's that's, bomb. I know. We we really <laughs> yeah we do. That's fantastic. You know, I, I had a I don't know if I would call it a come to Jesus moment with with my team. You know, a couple of months ago, it was this year, but I don't really have much of this as a as a problem. But I just laid it out there that if anyone on my team ever decides that they just want to stop learning, <laughs> that they want to stop acquiring new knowledge, then that's the moment that they're going to stop working for me. Because everything is continuously evolving, not even just because it's a tech firm, but because it's the world. <laughs> you know, Everything's evolving. Yes. Taco Bell's evolving. Right on. They have you don't need they don't even have counter people in some of them now. Yeah. So if you if you're not going to learn, you'll be replaced by a kiosk. Yes. <laughs> In every sense of, you know, every walk of business. Absolutely. It's just because, you know, I'll be honest with you, CEOs and uh, um, even board of directors are getting tired of lawsuits from employees. Uh, basically, they're they're putting more effort into those kinds of things than they are into yeah. their their job. And, and, and when I say it's their job, I, that's kind of a negative word. This is something you decide to do in your life. You're not doing it to the best of your ability. You start calling it a job because yep. of that, because yep. it's starting to turn into a job. And I, I just think that I just think that people are they're getting lost. They really are more than ever, more more than ever. And I, maybe it's technology because it doesn't require as much physical effort to do it, and maybe the whole idea of just sitting and tapping a keyboard all day just it does something to you. I don't know, but I, I we don't do that all day. We're we're doing ten different things, and I think that's what for keeps sure. it exciting. Yeah, I think it comes back to interests also, and what you feel your thing. Because I have a couple of software developers that work for me, and I started coding when I was in high school. I mean, which was really young when I was at that age. I mean, that was early nineties. You know, before coding was even cool. <laughs> now, I mean, everybody codes. I mean, my kids code in Minecraft. You know, and it's blowing my mind that they understand this logic when yeah. they're in fourth grade, which, I mean, I think it's really cool. But the software developers that I have working for me, they are perfectly content to sit in front of a, a computer and just go all day long. But are they the content? What? The ones that work for me, <laughs> yes, they are. They, they love what they do. Because well, I'm talking in, general, in life. In, in life? Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the, it's two guys, and I think they're. I think they very much are. I mean, of course, they want to improve. Every they desire to improve their situation, which means that they these two are always willing to take on new challenges. Right, and that's what I love about that. You know, but they're using this as a vehicle: the screen, the keyboard, the code, as a vehicle to have these new challenges in life and grow themselves. So this kind of goes back to 
you know, we don't dig ditches anymore. We yeah. don't, we don't, you know, I guess, I guess the, the answer to that is they built automatic stand up desks, risers. Yeah, I have one. <laughs> right. So at least you could. So my point is, I think that's, that, that tells you that people need to, in some capacity, be active, whether it's getting up and yeah. sitting back down. But we've gone from that physical labor work jobs that really don't exist anymore yeah not much and if they do again it's 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 people that don't have it in their countries coming here to do it in our country that's so true you know and and that's all that i think that's the only reason but after they're here for a while they don't want to do it anymore either. yeah you know what i mean so I, the whole society is changing and it goes back to what we talked about a minute ago where what's happening to the will to to learn and to train and do the best you you can do is there something happening there? Do you think I, I, I believe that there is and I, I not I'm not saying people are lazy or anything else. I just think that that's how society's going. That's how it's changing people. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. And Technology specifically, really. If, yeah, I feel you. Sorry about that. I kicked your shoe. That's there. right. <laughs> I just polished these. Man. Yeah, I know. I know. That's why I figured that. Oh, man, I just messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think what what you're diving into a little bit is some of the preconception about and i hate the word you know the the millennial generation too it's not millennial know? millennials it, it, all millennial is the, the, if there's any stereotypes built into that um it's because the boomers were millennials at one time they were yes you follow what i'm saying i very much all do, it is yeah. is a stage of life and we all we all said we were a little bit lost yep and that's why we weren't going after something yeah. in yeah. particular hard because uh, everyone goes through that. So but boomers can easily say, well, I never, well, you did so do that. Absolutely. Right on. Yeah. So the millennials and that, there's, a, all it is is a stage of life. It's not uh, something new. Everyone has been a millennial. Exactly. I'm glad you're on that track with me because I, my goal in what I started was exactly that, is to debunk that myth and that it is only related to this generation and well, this the moment generation, in time in history. All, the, exactly. all, the, all that stuff everyone, is nonsense. It sure is, man. I, I, that's why I hate that label. Yeah. You know, that's why. The, of millennials, you know, or anything else, because you're you are so dead on, and that it has always existed. You know, it's a, as a phase in life. Someone just got cool yes. and named it all. <laughs> right, on. just leave it alone. You know what's called life. Yes. Period. There we go. It's growing through life. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. But I see the reasons why they're stereotyped, just like you, across the board. It doesn't <laughs> matter the age. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, about uh, the, the desire to not do the physical labor or, or grow or evolve or just laziness, man. Well, but the, the teenagers I, are inherently lazy. They are. Because they're finding their way. Right I was, on. I, I can say that I, I wasn't because I was a little bit, and I wasn't hyper to the medicated. Yeah. And, I, and that's all, and that's a whole other level of bullshit. But what I'm saying is everyone has those periods in their lives and all of a sudden someone came up with labels for these people and it's only the millennials that do what the millennials ever did know everyone in history has done what the millennials yes. have done so it's a period in your life i'll say it again where you're figuring things out you're figuring things out man you can't do it all That's right it. when you're you're born yeah i mean you're helpless when you're born look how far you've come at five years old <laughs> you know look how far you've come at 10. You know, look, look at what an obstinate person you can be at 13. There you are. But oh you grow God, out of that. Yes. And if you don't, you're not going to get anywhere in life. For sure. So you've got to um, you've you've, you've do this. And, and for people to sit back and label, this is just how you are. You're going to be a millennial your whole life. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Oh, that's me? ridiculous. Yeah. 
I, I find, I mean, like you said, you know, teenagers might be to an extent because they're trying to figure things out. But I, no matter what age, you know, I, I think the most, especially in the 20 to 30 year old range, are really looking for something to believe in. Yeah. You know, and that, that's that's really what I think maybe even everyone in the room would agree right now in the studio. But I, and that, but, that's, but I did too. I mean, I, exactly. I, I was looking to, for something to believe in when I was 10. Yeah. You're trying to, to find believe out I could, really who I, you are. Just to believe in that girl over there would maybe like me. <laughs> right on. <laughs> you know, or whatever, you know. Yep. But here, here's a danger with this labeling. If, uh, if you stereotype someone, you call them a, a millennial, they think they're always going to be a millennial even if they're six, when they're 60 years old. Yeah. And then you put a bunch of negative connotations on that name. There, maybe you're gonna, they're going to hear that so much that they're going to be lazy. They're going to be living with mom till they're 30. Well, that might turn yeah. into 50. Yeah. So, so it's so unfair because I'd almost think it's, it's, it's warfare on the mind because you can, if you say something to someone enough, they're going to start believing it. Yeah. So that's the danger of, of coming up with these labels. You're right. And that becomes their identity because they associate their yeah. identity with that label. Right. Now, I have twins and it's a little bit easier because my twins are boy girl. You know, they're obviously very different even from birth. Uh, but there's not a single time that my wife and I, we were very much on the same <clears> track as this, that Jane and I were ever going to call them the twins. Right. You know, and I've seen fraternal twins, bo even boy-girl twins, to where they are dressed the same, <laughs> you know, from birth, just because it's cute, you know. But it gets even worse, in my opinion, even with identical twins, to where they're that way, and they are the twins until they're ten years old, twelve years old. You know, I I remember seeing twins in high school that would still dress the same. Like, where's their individual identity? Yeah. In that, and that's the same with like we're talking with right. any sort of label right. whatsoever. So it's almost like they always seem like they need to be attached in order to do anything in life. Well, it's, again, it starts with the person that's that's if you will training that person. Yeah, and if the parents always calling them a millennial, and you know how millennials are, you know, well, geez, I'm gonna be that my whole life, huh? Yeah, here's a label that's been around forever. Well, you know, teenagers. Yeah, well, <laughs> you were one exactly. Didn't you learn anything? Can you teach me something? What'd you go through? Right on. Right on. Can you maybe speed this up for me a little bit? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Instead, they just call you. Well, you know how those teenagers are. Yeah, right on. <laughs> Was it a teenager? I figured. Yep. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's a... Uh, there's so... Even music, you know, when you look at what the music, history, there's none anymore. There's you know why yeah. I say that? Because I'm not a millennial. There's <laughs> not anymore. Oh man, there's uh, again. I can say yeah. there's no Led Zeppelin anymore. There's yep. no. Well, there isn't. But but to yeah. to but to a, a millennial person, a person of that age, and I'm I'm not going to say it's not for that period in their life. Nickelback's Led Zeppelin. Yeah. So, but we hate Nickelback. Yes, everybody does. The band that they hate to love and love to hate. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, again, it's all, it, it's always there's that movie Breakfast Club. Have you ever seen yep. it? Oh yeah. Where the janitor says to the Emilio. teacher, yes, he says, or the teach, yeah, the teacher says to the janitor, you know, Carl, they've changed, <laughs> and he says, no, they haven't. You've changed. Yes. Bingo. 
Nickelback. I can't believe you brought up Nickelback. That's because <laughs> because Mandy hates it so much. I know. There, there's a there's a dude in my office that works for me that hates him so much so that I like to mess with him. And he, he'll walk in, and we've got Sonos speakers all over the office. You know, it's controlled in zones. Anytime he walks in, I'll always play Nickelback just to piss him off. Just whenever anyone says that, when they give me yeah. change, I says I don't want my Nickelback. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh you my gosh. It. Yep. Yeah, I, I love and I've always said that I'm never going to be the one that will say, oh, well, this isn't real music anymore. You know, I, the, the talent is always still there. Well, to you, it's uh, not. To me, yes. Because you, your your taste is different from a different different time. And, and you carry that with you. The music produces memories that you carry with you. And it really, yeah. really, it's not the music. It's the memories you had with the music. It's the correlation. That yeah. stay with you forever. You and got then it. You're not going to trade that for anything. I don't right care on. what that band is doing today. They're not as good as my Memories, not my yeah. music, my memories yeah. with that music. Right. I, I, I can think, you know, Goo Goo Dolls was someone that I grew up listening to. And th their song Name that they came out with, I always associate that song, because you're dead on, to sitting in my car outside of my then-girlfriend's house. You know, because I, I loved the song because I was, I was with this girlfriend. Geez, it was a few months, you know, which is a long time when you're 16. You know, <laughs> But I... I I'm like, this is going to be a great day. And then I'm pulling up to her house, and then that's when that song comes on. And I just stayed in the car to listen to the song and then had a fantastic night with her after that. You know, I don't even remember what we did. I just remember the song and the, the, that it was a great night following. Yeah. And that's why, really, I love that band because it's related back to good memories. Right. And without that, you wouldn't have the memory because yeah. you need something to trigger that memory right on and it's a song or something right on like that. yeah although so, before we started dating I, I flushed this girl's head down a toilet literally well those yes th that's when swirlies <laughs> were popular right on they sure were that was a bet she just said yeah i know that's a that, this is a squirrel squirrel <laughs> which i avoided by the way yeah you did when i went in high school man i ran every day and they came after me they never caught me that's great. I never got that done. <laughs> this was a bet at the church that I was going to. And I, uh, you know, just like any teacher, we're talking about teenagers, right? Teenagers are cocky. They're, they're self-sure, you know, and pretty much anything. And uh, I might have made the statement, you know, in this church group that. And you know that they're that, cocky because you were once one. Exactly. All right. That's exactly it. I look back at myself. I've got so many stories of like, why in the world did I say that? Why did I do that? You know, because I just was. I was a teenager. Uh, I, to finish this story, I walked in. I might have said something to the effect of, there is no girl that could beat me at basketball. <laughs> to which she said, well, I can. And then, of course, the, the dude that was leading the group, he's like, I think this is a swirly bet. So it was just, then of course, you know, everything escalated and it became, well, you just can't only not beat me in basketball, but I bet you, you can't even score a point on me until I make 10 shots. <laughs> so that, this was, a, and she was on a basketball team. She played basketball in high school. So but that's she was still, really good. that's a big bet though. It is a big bet. Yes. I played basketball outside in some, some travel teams and she played basketball for her high school. I mean, she was really good. You know, so this was, a, I played my ass off, man, <laughs> because yeah. I didn't want my head in the toilets. And then this gathered, oh my gosh, there was 150 people that came to watch this spectacle, you know, and the church. And you know why not? Because they like basketball. Right. They want to see someone's head going to Exactly. Toilet. Isn't that sad, the human condition? Yes. And this was a small church, man. There was only 100. <laughs> and it's in a church. Yes. Holy. There was only 100 people that went Holy. to this church and 150 <laughs> people showed up to the, to the event. 
That's, Only church people, man. I know. I swear to God. Oh my God. That's a <laughs> yes. That's another whole. Oh geez, that's a tangent. But what, when I got done, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, Rick, just let her off." And I was like, "No, I'm not letting her off." In the name you know, of God, get your head in that right toilet. Right. Exactly. So then I was like, "Flush." <laughs> and then it's like, "Hey, you want to go out tonight?" Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wash your hair first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, fun stories. <laughs> yeah. So that's good stuff. So anyway, the, to, to kind of cap that whole thing off, yeah. I just think that uh, we've all been there, done that. And if everyone would let go of, well, I've never done that because yeah. you have. They yes. just remember. I think that everyone would get along a lot better. And I think, you know, teenagers would relate better to adults. But it's all these labels that separate all of us. You they know? do. Yes. So let it go. Stop coming up with stuff. Let's just go with what, you know, what works. Yes. Before it doesn't work. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, that's a deep breath. Yeah. So there we go. We got a little something out of that. I know. <laughs> Just a conversation to keep going. Yeah. I um. We started talking about five G earlier. You know, a little bit, and maybe we can swing it back around and end it with this. You know, just a, a little conversation. <laughs> I know you saw five G coming. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Right. Yeah. And here's a. I, I don't know how much you keep up on it because I, I see how much it's going to influence communications. Yeah. Good, and, good and bad, really. It really will. Yeah, you're right on because it's it, with, with every good that's out there. There's always a flip side. There's always the mirror image that that takes place. But uh, in relation to what you're doing, living and breathing, every single day, I mean, where is 5G going to come and play with social? Where do you see that? Well, I mean, everything's just going to happen even faster, which I don't necessarily think that we need. Yeah, yeah. For, for those that don't know what 5G is, that's the next generation in cellular communication, in, in really in speed and the way that it's transmitted. And you know, everything right now, cellular started back in the day in the in the 700 megahertz range. That's what most were on. You know, when you were in communications, that's where cellular started. That's just what they had licensed. And it's physics when it comes down to this, because the higher the frequency, the shorter the wavelength. And when it's the short of the wavelength, you get the good with the bad. You get the good because the smaller wavelengths can support higher speeds or better transmissions, cleaner transmissions, digital. Mm -hmm. And the lower wavelengths, though, can penetrate walls a lot easier because they're longer. I mean, if they're up and down, they just penetrate so much better. But at the same time, you also need longer antennas, physically longer antennas to capture those waves versus the, the shorter antennas that you need for the higher frequencies. But 5G, for everyone to understand, is really just a way to transmit faster speeds. Right. You know, to bring the type of service that you have right now, really from most across America, your cable provider at your house where you have access to cable internet, bring that to a, a real wireless technology. You know, wireless to the point to where you might have a fixed antenna on your roof. And it's supposed to really help rural America, bring fast speeds to rural America. That's one of the benefits of it. But in addition... So it's going to be a lot more tractor accidents while they're There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but think about that. I mean, if 5G can, can cover America, even in the rural areas, think about we've got self-driving cars. What you're talking about, we talked earlier about, you know, people not wanting to do the physical labor, the, the hard labor anymore. What about self-driving tractors? Well, and, <laughs> well, they're they're getting to that. And yes. Here, here's the and here's, that would be powered by 5G. Right. And here's the downside to 5G and it getting everywhere. For instance, John Deere, when you buy a John Deere tractor yeah. now, they'll they actually have chips in those tractors where they can shut your tractor down if you don't make your payment. If your tractor breaks. You can't take it anywhere else but a John Deere dealer. 
So if, if John Deere dealers close and the guy down the road has yeah. the parts, he can't fix that tractor. So they can't get into the computers. They don't let anyone touch these things. So my point is it's going to finish us off in a choice capacity. Okay. In other words, remember the days you used to fix your own car? You couldn't fix your own car to save your life now. Yeah, right on. Yep. So, again, technology, yeah, it's good. It makes things more efficient. But it's actually not being implemented for our convenience. It's Most because of, yeah. the puppet masters want to freaking run the <laughs> run the show, man. And, so, and again, so I'll take the convenience and I'll just you know limit your exposure, I guess. But five G is just going to make it your exposure even easier. It will. It always will, especially so, with social. Yeah. So you know, everyone thinks, oh, I get this free Facebook and I get everything free in this life, and but really, I mean, you're just basically uh, someone that's part of you're the, a building block of the app developer. Yeah. So you're you're contributing something. I think everyone should get paid to post their content, even if it's just because you're 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 basically growing you their network. So right they on. they're making all this revenue. Shouldn't they kick a little bit back? There are like mine is a new one. Have you heard of that? Yes, it's a new yep. Facebook yep. style. They're paying you to post your content. There's other platforms out there paying you. There's a blockchain uh, Facebook that's being developed. It's not Facebook. I can't think of the name of it right now, but they're paying you to post your content. So smart people will all end up moving over there. Facebook will have to make adjustments or start paying, and they'll start competing. Yeah. That's the problem right now. There's not enough competition. We need to bring ad, re- ad costs down. Everything needs to come down. Well, there's almost no competition in social whatsoever. You have the different channels. And well, they, they, bought, they bought the competition. Yes. There was like competition. Instagram, yeah. Yeah, I mean, everyone's gotten bought up. Yep. So, um, and, you know, no one's calling monopolies like they used to. Amazon, they'd call that the biggest monopoly that ever existed. But no one's doing it because there's such a significant force in our economy right now. They don't want to screw with them. Sure. Because the, the economy needs them. You know what I'm saying? I it's kind of It's kind of like when um, uh, J.P. Morgan bailed out the, our country in 1880, 1884 or something. Yeah. Um, they needed, and then the same thing happened in 2008. Mm-hmm. They needed the banks. They couldn't let them go down. So I'd like to see us... Leverage in the other direction where the where we need people more and we need them to produce and we need them to consume and we need that because I see that it's flipped right now. You know what I'm saying? It is. And tech's only going to make that even harder to adopt. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I bring it all up because technology is just taking us further and further uh, in, in the other direction. And at some point, we're going to have to reckon with the fact that uh, AI could have a significant impact on assembly lines, and it already oh, it does. Will. Absolutely, robotics now. But AI, once AI takes over, let's see, an efficient robot would be pretty yeah. threatening. When they're already efficient, you know For what I mean? Sure. An AI sure. robot would just blow it out of the water. Yeah, this, the boss wouldn't even need to show up. Yeah, right on. Is, are the lights on? Okay, that's power's on. We're good. Yep. And so, how do you reconcile that with you know the the first the first time we had a conversation? It was. If you don't jump on board with tech, you're going to be left behind. Yeah, you have to. So somehow you have to find your your you know, your place, and um, it's it, you're good. It's going to take what we talked about earlier: willpower, being smart, being willing to cha- train and learn to stay in the game. Yeah. Um, because look where it, it's coming. Ten years. Where's it going to be in two more years? For sure. Because as technology, the longer we have it. The easier it is, the easier it is for it to evolve, yeah. and that's the nature of it. In a decade, we go from three G to five G. Yeah, and I think <laughs> we all, it only took that long because there was probably pushback on it. Yeah, there was. You, know? you got it. So, um, yeah, it's uh, 
It's going to be an interesting ride. I mean, I think it's exciting. I would, unless you're sitting on the sidelines, if I was sitting on the sidelines, I'd be worried. Yeah. But if you're in the game mixing it up, trying to find your your piece of the pie, I think it's exciting. I like that. I think it's, yeah. it makes it's it's just going to make everything more efficient. But um, yeah, we've got a lot. We could talk about that for we could do Joe Rogan style for three hours. Yeah, we could. You know? <laughs> but oh, um, I love that dude. So we've touched on a lot today, and you know, I always ask my guests to leave one thing for our listeners. You know, out of anything we've talked about, you know, I see some common threads. But what would you want to leave? You know, I think I just I'm going to revert back to something that we talked about, and let's stop. Let's stop separating. Almost, we're almost creating classes of people based on their age, mm-hmm. and because you're, you're you're creating a, a, a label for them, and then you're you're labeling the label. Okay, this is the label, and this is all the attributes of yeah. these people. But no, it's it's not. It has not. It's just your opinion. But it's it's that's the danger that we're facing. It's just, it's becoming, and and it's going to be harmful to people. I think. Um, I think it's gonna it's gonna stay with them like some like trauma almost. Sure. Um, I, I I hear more people when they come up with this label millennials. I hear more people say negative things about it than I do. Oh yeah, but they develop apps. That's the positive thing I hear. Or they they're they're interested in they're interested in you know uh, saving the earth. Well, that's been done by a lot of people. And, it and, has, yeah. In certain ages, are more interested in that. It's not a millennial that's interested just in that. So my, so it's almost like you label them enough and they become that. And then maybe they stay that way their whole life. and But the negative things stay with them too. They come with that label. So I just say stop. You know, you, you're born and you die. Everything in between is life. And everyone should be free to change into whatever they want to, as long as it's positive. I mean, you don't want to turn into a mass murderer. <laughs> Squirrel! That <laughs> went sideways quick. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I mean, every, everyone should not be bogged down by, yeah. well, you're you're this, so you, you're, you've you got to go with that. Um, I, I, I think that's the most damaging thing. So, no labels. So, so, you know, tell them to, tell them to go away. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let anyone label you. Beautiful. Well, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, I've enjoyed it, man. It's great. Yeah, same here. Awesome. Where can everyone find you again on social? Just at Adam Bushbacher. Beautiful. All the way around. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks again. It's in the show notes too. Boom. Thanks, Rick. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out every Monday. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening. I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message.